Welcome to another edition of Radio Trivia Podcast Edition. I'm here with the old Radio Trivia host, Jonathan Sexy's Man Metz. Hello. So, uh, in case you've missed uh, what Radio Trivia is all about, we're going to play three songs from a game, and you got to figure out what that game is. And uh, after the second one, we're going to give you a little hint in the form of a bonus question. So, if you already know the name, of, uh, I'm sorry, if you already know the game, then this is a little something extra to think about, and if you don't know the game, it might help you figure out what it is. So, uh, no chat room or anything to worry about, so just listen and enjoy. Um, now, Johnny was yeah. kind of the co-founder of Radio Trivia. Yeah. So, if you want to, before we get started, sort of just talk about how this whole thing got started, since I did a terrible job a couple of episodes ago. <laughs> well, I, you know, the idea, well, with the, the, the core idea was not mine. In fact, I want to say it might have been um, from Ray Almeida, it was really? it was someone it was someone from a from another site, a fan site, um, about five or six years ago, and um, I it was about the you know it was uh, at the time there were a lot of variants on our Planet Trivia idea. It was a very popular thing back then. We had thirty forty people showing up every Friday night to play Planet Trivia. It was different people every week too, so it was actually reaching a large crowd. And um, there were several offshoots at different websites were trying their own trivia. Some of them had, like, picture trivia where they were showing screenshots somehow and people were guessing games. And then someone, I, I think it was Ray, he'll, maybe he'll listen and correct me if I'm wrong here, but um, was doing a, a version where they were playing songs. But the problem was there was lag, and basically it was whoever could guess the game first won. And I didn't think that was very fair because when you have dealing with playing music over the internet, people have different connection speeds and you have weird ping differences and well, things. So for a while uh, we did that too when we had radio trivia. I remember um, us reinventing uh, the rules. I think I maybe I don't, I'm not sure. I know he was playing. Who, whoever did it originally was was playing like one song per game. And was kind of flying through twenty twenty games per night, and it was it was kind of a mess. I you know I listened in once or twice and thought, well, that's kind of an interesting idea, but I wanted I want to try to improve on the formula and do it differently. So I wrote my own rules for it, and then over the first couple weeks, pretty quickly, um, we figured out different ways to do it to kind of eliminate the lag problem and give everybody a fair shot. We introduced the bonus questions, which kind of m mixed the whole music thing with the planet trivia that we were doing already. And I figured out different ways to score it and things like that. So over the course of maybe a month, we kind of finalized all that. And that's the way it was played for the next several years. It's actually probably still played the same way since then. Yeah. I mean, we haven't really made any, any significant changes to the rules since that, since the very beginning. Like I said, the first couple of weeks we were trying a few different things. But, um, yeah, I think the... Overall, the the main problem with radio trivia over the years, and part of the reason that we've kind of moved to this, that we that we've kind of developed this podcast format for it, is that there were always one or two people who were extremely good at it, <laughs> and um, it kind of ruined the competitive nature of it because, well, I guess we eventually hired Megabyte, <laughs> and so he couldn't win it every week like he was before. But even then, there were people like Jin K and. Um, a few others you you would know because you've hosted right. a lot more recently than I have. But 
over the years, there were just people who would come in and would basically win every week for three or four months, and maybe they'd get tired of it and take a break. But it just it was difficult. It made it hard to, to do prizes, and um, it I think it made it less fun for the other people because in order to cater to these super hardcore, extremely talented people who were playing the game, we basically went to more and more obscure games and went with common games but extremely obscure songs and basically tried to make it difficult to cater to the the highest common denominator. I enjoy doing that, sh- but uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I have I know. a tendency I, to I make Eventually, I got... I don't know. See, the funny thing is, I was always really bad at radio trivia. It's a good thing I never tried to really play it because I'm really terrible at it. And um, to me, it's more fun when the games are easier and and not so easy that it's just obvious, like you know Super Mario Brothers, but like something that you have to. It's like almost on the tip right. of your tongue, and it, maybe by the second or third song, you start to firm up an idea of what it is. And especially with, now that you're giving the hint question before the third song, that helps me a lot the, when I've listened to the last couple podcast editions. A lot of times that hint question kind of pushes me over the edge of a, of a game that I was already starting to recognize from the music. I think it, it's just more fun to play when you have actually a decent shot at getting it. So I prefer that, that we don't use extremely hard songs, hard games. All right, so with that, let's get started, and, and then people can talk about how, how we totally failed to have an easy game. Uh, <laughs> actually, I think this one's oh, actually I doubt it. I think we, a pretty good lineup. We've got a, yeah, we've got a couple uh, pretty good ones on here, actually. This, these aren't, like, super obscure or anything. Okay, so uh, let's go ahead and play the first song here. Sweet.
That that was an that was an evil sounding song. Well, maybe the second one's less evil sounding. I'm scared, man. You know, I'm going to bed right after we finish recording this. <laughs> I'm a little worried about nightmares now. Figured it out yet? What? What? You figured, I figured it out. It we'll out. ask the question. Oh, okay. Um, which eight-bit character made a triumphant comeback in this game? Hmm. Character comebacks, resurgences.
time. <laughs> PM your answers. <laughs> Quick, email them all to me. Get them in. Get them in. Yeah. I'll keep score. <laughs> oh man. All right. Man, I would have never guessed this game from those songs that really? we played. Never in a million years. Yeah. And I played a lot of this game. <laughs> a lot. Well, what was the game? I guess I should have chosen different songs, but I don't like to use the same ones over it and was, over again. <laughs> it, it was uh, Mario Tennis for N64. One of one of many versions of Mario Tennis. That I mean, even if I had known the the series, I, I wouldn't have probably been able to pick out. Well, there are only two that were but, had uh, music by Motoi Sakuraba. Um, it's just that there's also Mario Golf, which sounds very similar. Yeah, I don't know. I, was, I just wouldn't have made that distinction at all. I just I'm not really familiar with his work. It's I okay. Guess. It's not. Um, does it I, I hope the first one threw some folks off because of it sounding like Mario 64. Yeah, I did notice that. Uh, so, uh, we have a question here. Want to reread it and then give the answer? Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll repeat the question. Which 8-bit character made a triumphant comeback in this game? And uh, the answer is Princess Daisy from Super Mario right. Land. Uh, and TYP assures me that Game Boy was an 8-bit system, or it had an 8-bit uh, processor. I, I'm pretty sure. So. Now, Birdo would have been an okay answer, except... I'd argue it's less of a reprise because Birdo did show up as, in Super Mario All Stars, kind of, as a 16-bit character. Oh, oh my god, <laughs> dude! Uh, that's really uh, that's, that's picking nits. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Mario Tennis kind of opened up the door, kind of the can of worms, so to speak, on on the whole party Mario games. I mean, introduced Wario. Wario's Waluigi. Waluigi. <laughs> I love Waluigi. Well, I always, always. I did too. He was, he was like the best one. And, and I always crowded yes. the net. Well, he was so tall. If you crowded the net, it was almost impossible to get anything by him. I just totally dumb. Well, he was tall and he had good that. technique. I think was what the, they called it. So yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, it had it brought back Birdo. It introduced Waluigi. It brought back Daisy. And all three of those have basically become mainstays now. In the, like the Mario Party games, and even mm. Donkey Kong Jr. Donkey Kong Jr. He was less loved. He he has not shown up. Yeah, because of that he was math, in math game. game. He was in Mario Kart. He was in Super Mario Kart. I mean, how can you? Uh, yeah, true. Okay. That's why he wasn't an eight-bit character only. <laughs> I won't argue with there. I, that's a that's a good that's a good excuse. Mario All less Stars. So. Mm. I secretly yeah. think Tosei made that uh, conversion, by the way. I've just been thinking about that re- recently. Well, you know, what Tosei does a lot of ports. Oh, All-Stars? You they think may they have. Made I mean, do Nintendo really dedicate a lot of resources to remaking a games they've already made for a pack-in? Mar- Dude, Mario All-Stars was a huge seller. And it was very well put together too. I mean, I'm not saying Tosei. Well, makes but if they crap, don't, they don't have to do the game design. All they have to do is is bring over the code. I mean, the controls are going to remain intact if they do the control the code right. Yeah, but Nintendo has ported a lot of their. I mean, they, Nintendo ported um, Mario 64 to DS. That's true. They've done a lot of things like that. So they did all the they did all the um, Mario. Advanced are you sure? Games are you sure that was Advanced. Nintendo? I'm pretty sure, but then again, Tose is famous for not being given credit for their work, so it's hard to say what what Tose did. I, I, I wouldn't do. be surprised if they 
I mean, they're ba- that's basically porting the Mario Super Mario All Stars to the GBA. Mm-hmm. Is what they did, and, and charging yeah. what thirty dollars times three. Hey, it had that Mario Brothers, <laughs> which was inferior game. to the one in Mario All Stars. <laughs> yeah, but it's really fun though. Is Mario Brothers is Super in Mario Brothers Three Battle Mode is better than the one in in. Uh, Oh, Are you kidding no, me? It's, it's got the not. mushrooms. It's got the it's got the craziness. Dude, the the one on the the one on GBA has like bosses. Oh, the single player. Yeah, the single player. I'm talking levels. about if you're playing multiplayer, it's a lot more fun on Mario All Stars. But you can even do uh, four true. player on the GBA with one cartridge. It's it's really fun, by the way. If you if you ever get a chance to do that, to pull out all those cables and everything and daisy <laughs> chain. GBA link cable. It's a total mess, but it's really fun. It's totally worth it. And you, like I said, you only need one one copy of, true. of any game. Or if you want to do multi-card, you can even like mix right. and match different Mario All Stars. It's great. I, I gave that as a as a minus by the time Yoshi's Island came out, but I guess you could consider it a plus. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was it was rehashed and easy for them to put in. That's, but it's it cool, cool that you can mix and match cool. different games and play the same multiplayer mode. And it is a really fun multiplayer game. I played it on the plane once with Obi and Jeff on the way to E3. We played well, that's, that's it for what I, that's over what an I hour, played. I think. I mean, that's what I played against Billy fun. back like in 2001 when GBA wasn't even out in US yet. Yeah, when you guys had your imports and you guys were all writing impressions of Kura Kura Kura. And I finally bought that game. Like anyway, that. we've yeah, gotten way off topic here. <laughs> I know. That's why you brought me <laughs> on the right. show, isn't it? <laughs> I mean... Dude, I've had a I've had a crazy day. I'm in, I'm just in the mood to ramble here. I've had a couple beers in me, and this is my fourth <laughs> performance of the day. It's but really at eight o'clock this morning. Uh, I was teaching class, had to teach some kids about rockets, and then this afternoon I gave a seminar about spacesuits, and then tonight I went and played at the Blues Jam around town, and then Crazies. now I'm doing the podcast. So. I would feel overexposed, except every single one of these performances has been to a completely different audience. So nobody, uh, nobody knows that I'm overexposed except me. I'm the only one who feels that right now. Rocket science. Yep. It's been a wild day. Okay. Dude. Why don't we go into the second game? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> we're still. Oh. We're still playing radio trivia. I see. Okay, if you must. Sounds like a game. I think there was more to it after I cut it off. Aw. We'll never know. Well, we could play it again. (laughs) (laughs) No, please. That's okay. I think there was more there. I I hope our listeners will forgive me. Let's go on to the second one.
offer to play it again, but since people have control of their own uh, player, they can play it again if they want. That was a song. That was a song? But the third one will really Jeez. help them out. But let's have a question first. That was more like a jingle than a song. More than well, I think that you might recognize it if that little jingle if you played the game. So, uh, we got a question here. What does the player's... Oh, sorry. What does the player character's only weapon do to enemies? was a pretty haunting melody, actually. If you... That was the sound of silence. Well, not the silence part, but uh, the last song was... If you played the game, that song has probably haunted you at one point or another, because that's the only song you basically hear throughout the game. <laughs> it's it's almost like the Bubble Bobble song. Yeah, it's like the Bubble Bobble song. But um... I mean, it's not, it's not that amazing and insane and awful, but <laughs> it's like... It's kind of in the same league, I guess. Hey, I, I can always bring out the Kiggle Cubicle music. Let's let's not. I think they'll they might hear that on Radio Free Nintendo this week. Okay. So uh, this was published by HAL America in 1989, uh, and most people aren't probably aren't aware of this, but HAL at one point was its own separate third party with a North American division for publishing and everything. And uh, Nintendo worked with with HAL on Kirby, uh, and I guess eventually they Nintendo basically bought HAL out because. They got along so well. So what was the name of the game? The, the name was Adventures of Lolo for the NES. Oh. Oh. And there were three of these, I think, for the NES. And there's yep. even one on the Game Boy, I think. The third one has a, a, a fairly uh, sophisticated story by NES standards. It has like <laughs> a map screen not, and everything. So I mean, if, if you... if you Right. I, I don't know. I barely played three. But compared to one, there's there's all sorts of weird stuff going on with three. They're cool. They're they're like um, they're like really difficult puzzle games that control kind of like Zelda. Yeah, that's a good way I to guess. describe Is it. Is that fair to to put it I that think way? It's, a, it's, but it's like it's like all puzzles basically. Right. It's a top-down view. Lolo is very limited in what he, what he can do, so you have to make sure that you don't walk in front of enemy fire, and you have to block enemy fire by you know placing blocks in a special way or, or using a special power. Um, there's only one uh, attack in the game, and that's what our question was about. And the, you shoot it, and it turns some enemies, at least, into eggs. And so you can like push them around when they're eggs. You can even you use can them, them as like, a raft on water. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty cool little game, and I I think it sounds like it's coming to Virtual Console sometime soon. 
Yeah. So, you know, I want to say that the only enemy you can turn into eggs is Snaky, but it's the most common. Yeah, they're like skulls. I think you can turn into. Uh, oh, okay, I thought and maybe even like the the guys like the weird eyes that shoot fire. I think you can. Yeah, Medusa. No, Medusa. Medusa. Medusa that's still fun. You walk into Medusa's enemy fire, and like all of a sudden, Lolo's like, "Oh shit!" and like freezes up, and you get killed. And, and the sound it makes is like makes your chills. It makes your spine tingle. It's, I don't know. I can't describe it. Typ <laughs> <laughs> was playing this as a kid, and he's like, "No, Lolo." <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Low, 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 low. Yeah, why low, do they keep low, adding? Low. They added more like lows to it when when they did the whole Kirby thing. I think it's like low, low, low. Kind of like a Dedede. Right. Yeah. But didn't didn't Lolo appear in one of the Kirby games? I think he was. Yeah, I, I think, think it was did. like Lolo and Lala were were baddies in like the first one. I think. Yeah. They were. They were. Yeah, they were. There was something weird like that. So yeah, they were also in the anime. I don't understand how you can make a villain out of Lolo. He's like a blue hairball with eyes. He looks an awful lot like Kirby, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, very yeah, totally. So, okay, enough about Lolo. Well, Hopefully, people will get to play it very soon. Yeah, on the virtual console. I, I, and there are three of them, so they can really milk that if people like it. Yeah. Um, let's go to the next game. Something different. Let's. Something quite different.
I think more uh, more game soundtracks should use the didgeridoo. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have to assume. Uh, well, maybe we shouldn't talk about anything now. I don't want to give away what the game <laughs> is or is not. Second song, something also different. More, hopefully, more didgeridoo. <laughs> Sound like freaking bees. kind of made me think of the Kill Bill soundtrack. <laughs> really? You know? Yeah. yeah. Like like kind of uh, like a hip-hop beat mixed with um, kind of Asian influences and a little jazzy horn there. Yeah, multicultural. Reminiscent of the RZA. So we got a question here. Why don't you read it? Okay. Uh, what form of currency is accepted at the garage? Mm. Interesting hint. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that was intolerable. You think so? Yeah, it sounded like a bad impression of Axl Rose. <laughs> that song shouldn't be allowed to exist. <laughs> Should we edit it out of this po- this podcast? No, leave it in. I mean, warts and all, you know. <laughs> well, uh, that's it, and uh, my hat goes off to Christoph uh, Herald for the soundtrack. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting, that's for sure. <laughs> Uh, so the answer was uh, Beyond Good and Evil for multiple systems, including the GameCube, which is uh, released BGD. in 2003. Great game. I don't remember that song, which is for the best. <laughs> Maybe you but blocked it out. I didn't game. think it was that bad. <laughs> I thought it was that bad. <laughs> okay, maybe I knew it was kind of over the top. <laughs> so the, uh, the question, once again, was what form of currency is accepted at the garage? And the answer is pearls. And um, the garage actually kind of reminds me of my favorite part of this game, which was uh, that your character has a hovercraft that you get to fly all... It, it starts out being kind of stuck to the um, to the water, but eventually it gets like a speed boost, and then later on you can fly it around in the air. Uh-oh. If, it's you, awesome. if you know anything from Johnny, if you, if you were a long-time listener of Radio Trivia, you would oh, know yeah. that one of his... His weak spots is infinite jetpack. Yeah, I like any game that lets you fly around freely without any kind of penalty. So, like, like Banjo-Kazooie flying sucks, because you can only do it for, like, ten seconds, and it uses all these feathers, and you're always anxious whenever you do it. Like, I want to make <laughs> sure I have enough feathers to get there, and it's not very much fun at all. Right. But a game like this, where you get to fly around freely, you can go wherever you want... It's super fun. You only you only get to do it at the very very end of the game, which is too bad. But um, it's a sweet game, man. Especially for that part, like the stealth portions, which is like kind of the main part of the game, is is okay. But the uh, the whole world map exploration part is awesome. Hmm. You know, I never played this game, and it's it's like a crime because weren't they like basically giving it away at one point? Like you buy print, like buy buy Prince, Prince of Persia get get. Uh, Beyond Good and Evil for like nothing. Yeah, it's a it's a really cool game. It's got a it's got a great story, really interesting characters and everything. Nice graphics, obviously interesting music. It's kind of the whole package. I mean, it's not a very long game, but it's not any shorter than God of War mm-hmm. or you know any other kind of so-called cinematic style game like that. It's uh, something that you should definitely play if you're interested in games. Yeah. All right. So that was our. Th- third game. Wow, only third game. Um, I know, it's taken forever. <laughs> let's go on to the next one then and uh, maybe a little more traditional video game music.
very memorable song. Really? Yeah, totally. I mean, it just conjured up all kinds of memories of this game for me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I thought I chose a hard one. Well, I don't know if it's hard or not. I don't think it's very hard. All right, second song. Song two. We should definitely have more organ in video games also. <laughs> organ and didgeridoo. Organ's kind of sinister, though. I don't know. Yeah, totally. Fits, it fits very well with this game, actually. So, we have a bonus question here. Uh, the question is, which magic can be found on the bird-shaped island of the next-to-last region? That's a huge giveaway. If, as if the last song wasn't already. So, time for uh, time for your final music. In case you still don't know it. Thank you. 
Rock Your Face, man. That song's awesome. There's some good songs in here. There are one or two that I didn't play that are also very memorable. Yeah, this game has great, great, great music. And that game is... Act Razor for Super NES from NX America. Uh, Back before it was Square Well, NX. before it was Square Enix. Way before. Way before. Yeah. So uh, if you... Act Razor is like uh, like one of the greatest Super Nintendo games ever. You know, it's weird. I've never played it before. Awesome. I've never seen a copy of it. Everyone seems to be raving about it. I, I must. I'm gonna have to check this out. Yeah, it's it's coming to Virtual Console very very soon, and um, it's. I think it might already be out in Japan, and I'm sure they're they're bringing it out in America as soon as possible. And um, it, everyone should download it. It's completely fantastic. There's really nothing else like it. It's like a mixture of. Um, side-scrolling action, um, Super Nintendo, typical Super Nintendo kind of um, action platforming stuff, and then, but the, actually, the best parts of the game are, are are mixed in with that, and it alternates with this like weird simulation Sim City kind of um, gameplay, which is actually, in in a lot of ways, I think maybe more fun than Sim City, and you control this angel and you fly around and you build farms and. And uh, you you um, cause natural what? disasters and things like that, and it's it's really really cool stuff. Yeah, they they basically the idea is that you you play this god, but you're you're controlling things through this angel kind of avatar for the simulation part. And so you t- it takes the game takes you to a new region, which is like really wild. There's nothing there. Everything's covered in rocks and desert and snow and things like that. And there's no way you could build anything there. So you have to go through. And, and clear all this stuff out through the use of natural um, uh, weather phenomena. And then you have people and you, you direct them to build out to these areas and you tell, you know, the, the more prosperous they are, they build up bigger houses and things and you get all these kinds of points and in the process you, you gain level ups and... and how does, that, how does this tie in with the platforming and, again? Well, all this stuff, all the level up and the, le- the leveling up and things... All that ties into it. Basically, makes your character stronger for when you have to go and fight the demons and clear out the area oh, okay. um, in the action stage. And um, the uh, and also the the villagers will like present gifts, offerings to you, which are basically power ups that you can use during the action stages. And you'll find magical spells I, I, um, in. In, yeah, no, you'll, you'll, you'll find magical spells hidden in the different areas, and you can then use those in the action stages. And that, that ties into the question, which was, uh, which magic can be found on the bird-shaped island of the next-to-last region, which I think that region's called Marana. I'm not sure if I'm saying it correctly. But um, the uh, that magical spell is called Magical Aurora. And that's um, a fun little question there, because that particular magic is a, is pretty difficult to find in the game and probably a lot of people play through the game without finding it the first time so it's a nice little bonus there it's a pretty useful uh, spell also if you can find it so that's Act Razor. definitely make sure you download it in a couple weeks or whenever it comes out on Virtual Console it's fantastic and with that we'll move on to our final game of the evening or morning I don't know when, when are you listening to this podcast <laughs> All right, final game of the podcast. Here we go.
It's a little ditty. Hmm. Jubilant. Circus music, eh? Yeah, I thought it sounded kind of like circus music. Oh, well, okay. Okay. Is that a hint? I don't think so. <laughs> a misleading hint, maybe? Yeah, definitely a misleading hint. So we have a question for you, uh, and the question is, under what circumstances will you see Game Over? Doesn't that kind of imply that you probably wouldn't see Game Over... Very often. Uh, no comment. You're now you're giving a hint. <laughs> I love this game, and... I do too. Uh, so let's just reveal what it is. It's Wario Land 3, or as I like to call it, Wario Land 3! Also known as Super Mario Land 4? No. No, no, five? no. Super it would be 5, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, I guess, yeah, you, I guess you could call it Super Mario Land 5, but it certainly was not part <laughs> of the title. Um, <laughs> yeah, they ditched that after the first Wario Land... <laughs> Well, regardless, this is quite possibly the best game for Game Boy Color. Oh, I, I certainly think so. I mean, Oracle of Ages and Seasons, we used that uh, probably, I think it was actually just last podcast, and, and, I, I, and when he said, oh yeah, uh, Oracle of Ages and Seasons, those are the best Game Boy Color games, like, I beg your pardon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Wario Land 3 is actually better than those. Oh yeah, I mean, it's back when Nintendo seemed to care about their portable franchises. Um, yeah. And uh, it's sort of sad to see Wario fall from such lofty heights, because <laughs> Wario Land 3 yeah, really had it all. Yeah, I think he butt-stomped from such lofty heights. He butt-stomped from such lofty heights yeah. into the ground. 
I mean, there's not even Bud Stomp in Master Disguise, and that's just. Well, granted, there was. I guess there's one more disguise I didn't unlock before throwing away the and disgust the game, but uh, <laughs> but I really don't yeah, suspect do you, there's about butt stomp. You don't think it's it was the butt stomp disguise, <laughs> which you activate well, by drawing. He would have been able to butt stomp before he got his freaking disguises. Yeah. He, so <laughs> that is sad. Yeah. So Wario Land. 2 Even was, in Wario World, he could butt stomp. Wario World was not a bad game. It was. It was just. It's wasn't, not really a Wario yeah, game either, though. Exactly. So I can live with Wario World. I cannot live with Master Disguise, which it should not be, as as some would say. I, I was just thinking it would be really cool if they if they really brought back Wario in a in like a really good platformer for a console or handheld, whatever. But instead of making him search for treasure and whatnot. What if they actually like made him um, fall in love with some female Wario type character, <laughs> and he had to go and and kind of not rescue the princess, but like rescue the biker chick or whoever it was, you know? Uh, Why, Peach? Wouldn't that be? It, it would be. I think there'd be a lot of comedy potential there, and it would kind of restructure the game to be more like the original Wario Land games. I I could kind of see what you're getting at. It would be almost like a. I don't want to bring up the harness thing that was uh, Feel the Magic or whatever, but kind of that kind of a story uh, for the motivation for each well, level. And they could have branching paths on that too. I mean, the. War- yeah, I mean, it wouldn't play anything like that. No, the I'm, magic, you're, I'm just talking yeah, about the. A similar kind of story, yeah. I guess so. Yeah, that was it's kind of an abstract right. example, but okay. So, yeah, Wario Land 2 had the branching path thing going on for it, and Wario Land 3 had more of the open, you know, choose, choose your level and, and discover the, the treasure. And, uh, yeah, it really was. Wario was immortal um, for most of the game because it was just Wario and he was awesome. And level design was based around that, so you you get squished and and malformed by all these enemies, and you'd actually use them to your advantage. And at worst case scenario, you get knocked down or whatever, and you gotta climb back up a hill or something. Yeah, I always thought, especially the the boss designs in the in Wario Land two and three were really the kind of designed around annoyance. So, like, if you did poorly, the the game basically just did something to annoy you, like throw you back two minutes, and you had to, like, walk and jump around a lot to get back to the boss and, and fight it again. That, so that was what encouraged you to uh, to avoid getting That's in. a good way of putting it. I mean, it makes it sound bad, but it... It's not as bad as it sounds from yeah. that. But it is kind of what it does. It it'll, 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 like, dump you in a, in another area, and you have to... You have to navigate your way back to where you were before and try it again. Right. And uh, I was actually revisiting this just last week to get the bad taste of Master <laughs> Disguise in my mouth. And it just, there's so many, <laughs> I mean, there's so many little details to it. It's hard to believe it's a Game Boy Color game, I mean, especially 3, because it's got, like, really good animations and. It looks better than a lot of Game Boy Advance games, actually. Yeah, it just had a lot of polish in general. Yeah. Um, and I think the mu- music was pretty good for, for Game Boy Color 2, so I think they just sort of. That was kind of like probably like a last hurrah for the team or something. I, I don't know. They really put a lot of effort into that. Well, you've already ruined my 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 would be segue to the bonus question answer. So why don't you just go back to it now? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, I was trying to talk about the bosses to kind of give bosses. You a... Oh yeah. Well, back to the bosses. Uh, the only time you'll see a game over screen, like I said, he's he's immortal for most of the game, but um. When you finally get to the final boss, which is like this giant clown, uh, <laughs> he can squish you, and you'll see a game that. over screen. You'll actually die. Wow. So only only the the really powerful clown can kill Wario. <laughs> He's allergic to clowns. That's why. 
so that's that was Wario Land 3. We love Wario Land 3. And if you like if you liked uh, Drill Dozer for the Game Boy Advance, you'll oh, probably yeah, like totally. Wario Land games. Yeah, they're a, they're a lot alike. So, yeah. uh that's our game tonight. Uh want to thank Johnny for helping us host here. Woohoo. You're welcome. It was fun. And uh let's see. I don't know anything any other closing thoughts? Wisdom? Close wisdom. You're asking me wisdom. For wisdom? Hmm. I could I could tell you uh what um EGCG means and then tell you that I found it on the back of the bottle. What? <laughs> it's a stupid Snapple commercial. Never <laughs> okay. Um yeah. No no wisdom except uh make sure you download ActRaiser when it comes out. ActRaiser, I'll I'll be sure to do that. And download Adventures of Lolo if they come out and if both come out at the same time then just Download yeah. both? Simple as that. Alright, good night, folks. Good night. I got here as soon as I could. Okay, sorry, huh? sorry, I'm late. Um, ready to do radio trivia though? Ready to rock it out, pirate style. What? What do you mean I'm late? It's over. Damn it.